Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker. And because of the overwhelming response we had to last year's grief week, we hosted, I hosted a week specifically focusing on how and why we need to address the grief that we're feeling. If it's anxiety about a pet dying or a pet just has died, being able to have tools and resources available to address the pain that we're feeling is really important. So I did an awareness week covering grief. And what I realized through providing these free resources to the world is that there are a lot more grieving people than necessarily people are talking about and that they are looking for more resources more resources and a deeper conversation and an ongoing conversation to facilitate their ability to move through grief so as an extension of this sensitive but incredibly important topic i have a guest with me today Erica Messer is joining me today. She has had her own experience that you will hear from her from her heart and herself. But I, I am anxious and excited to interview her today because as a pet parent and also as a human that got stuck in grief, uh, this is an interview that pairs well with our grief week uh, awareness program in that this interview will provide additional tools and resources and ways of thinking about grief that weren't necessarily covered in that interview. So without further ado, thank you, Erica, for joining me. And I appreciate you taking time to have this important conversation. Well, likewise, thank you for having me and being willing to talk about it. And um, I hope that your listeners get a lot of um, validation and, and some help. Yeah. So let's start by having you explain how you got to where you are, because I think each of us, for us to even, for us to even talk about grief and then make it a platform or an ongoing conversation, or even moving on to helping others in grief, there's a pretty profound, impactful story that usually sparks a pivot. So if you feel comfortable, if you would share your point, that would be good. Yes. How much time do I have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, once once we hear your point of pain, we are going to move past it. So we won't focus on your, and I, you know, some people say to me, I don't want to talk about my pain point. And I also get that. However, uh, I know that you are a human that can talk about your point of pain, but then like we need to, we will use that and move past in terms of how your experience has shaped who you are now. Sure, sure. No, I can do this and I can do this without taking up the full hour. Um, Well, I've been a musician my entire life. And during the pandemic, um, that came to a grinding halt and I needed a companion. So I adopted Wolfgang, um, who we called Wolfie. And um, I was with him 24 seven, you know, I mean, I was practicing at home and I started painting, but I just had all this time on my hands. So he became my number one best friend in the whole world. And, um, and it's a sweet story how I found him and he was a little rescue with eye herpes and nobody wanted him. And so, oh, I just, we bonded right away. He's like, oh, thank you, a savior. Um, but he actually passed from a tragic accident. And and I go back and forth from telling people how he po- passed because 
I don't want to traumatize anyone else, but it was bad. It was an accident um, due to a friend. And so there was, there was shock and grief and trauma and blame and all of these things just poof, here you go. You, you know, the universe was like, here, handle this. Um, and I really didn't have any tools at all to cope with any of that. And so I didn't, I was also living in Munich, Germany, and I didn't know a lot of people. It was a horrible situation. And we all come to horrible situations in our lives. And it's like, how do we get through this? How do we live with this for the rest of our lives and not be scarred? And can I get through this and not be, a, how is this going to change me? I had all these questions too. And I was really looking for, I said, I, I said to myself, okay, okay, no, I need some help. I don't have the tools for this. So there's got to be some books or like little affirmation card decks or something simple. And, you know, I just started looking and I was really frustrated with what I found because I would find books that looked great, but I thought, do I have to read this whole thing? I can't even concentrate right now. Um, And I just kind of spiraled and I ended up just doing what I think anyone can and should do, which is just sitting quietly and asking, what do I need to do to heal? What is it I need to do? Um, And kind of go inward. That was my experience. And gradually some little nudges started coming and ideas started coming. And one of the very first ones, which I'm sure many people have done is to write a love letter or a love story. You know, dear Wolfgang, here's all the things that I love about you. Here's all the things I don't want to forget about you. Here's all the fun things we did, how special you were and so on. And so what I started doing was sharing these with my mom. She was helping me through my grief. I was calling her every day. And she said, sounds like you should write these down and make, you know, that deck you couldn't find as those cards. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, mom, listen to this one, or, you know, let's talk about something else. And she, she kind of kept touching on it and coming back to that idea. So in a nutshell, that's how I got here was I eventually gave in and made, we made this deck and we made another one. And then things just started spiraling when we realized that it was applicable to many people. It wasn't just for me. And then um, we wanted to get it spread as far as possible. And it's just been building and it's been a great experience to be able to help others while I was helping myself. Um, And that's just been a blessing out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for people that are saying, okay, what exactly do the cards do? Are they tarot cards? Are they like, where, like, what, what are you doing? Let's talk a little bit about the the tangible nuts and bolts. So you, first of all, I think it's really good suggestion on writing things down. Really good. I think also the fact that you lost your beloved from an accident, dying of old age is one thing. Dying from you know, an an unexpected trauma is a whole different ball of wax in terms of emotions and, and any type of preparedness. There is no preparing because 
you didn't know it was coming. That's, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that we could and probably should unpack there, but you were Mack truck bowled over with grief that you did not see. It wasn't like you had an animal at the R at the ER and at 18 years of age and was big, you know, the veterinarian said, listen, kidneys are shutting down. You didn't have these steps to say, oh my gosh, is this going down? Like, is this going down? You didn't have any of that. That's, that's being introduced to grief in like the most traumatic way, in my opinion, that's like, it's hard to stand up and like, just trying to like put some pants on for the day. That's a hard go. Uh, but yeah. you, you figured out a way to, to, to like, take a step by writing. And I think that that's, that's wonderful. So did you take your steps and compile them then into something that's shareable? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're 30 cards designed to be read once a day with a simple tool or practice or suggestion. Um, they're not, no, they're not tarot cards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although, I mean, if that's helpful to people, great. I hope you find <laughs> some that works, works for you as someone, yep. someone that can make sense of it. Cause I can't, but, um, in writing a love letter is one of the suggestions on the cards. There's also a thing it's about self-care and gratitude, um, releasing guilt. And, you know, I took these ideas I actually flew home to be with my mom and said, what about this one? What about this one? You know, and I started just shoving it in everyone's face saying, do, the, do you like these? You know, Hey sister, do you like these? And, and so that's how we distilled down to 30 cards. Um, and I like to display mine out on the bathroom counter, but really the, the practices and suggestions are applicable to my life today even the things outside, not particular to pet loss grief. You know, we want to, we, we're, we're working more as humans than we ever have. And we have to keep up with that and take care of ourselves. So it's really just kind of building blocks to get you on your path to healing is how I like to think of it. And I have to qual- say that I'm not qualified. I'm not a health professional. I'm not a pet loss counselor. And I want everyone to know that, that I'm just a person and I'm sharing what worked for me. Um, that being said, you know, I use these as a springboard for people to search for the help that they need. Should they need extra professional help? I did. And it was great. And so when you create, first of all, do you call them Wolfie cards? Like, what do you, is there a name? What do you call them? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, we first called them, um, comfort cards. And yeah. what I learned was that was just too generic. And there's already things out there called comfort cards. Mm. So I was like, okay, mom, we got to start over. What do we do? And we, we knew we wanted it to be Wolfie's wish. Well, that was her idea too. Um, and I was like, well, what does that mean, mom? And she said, well, you know, Wolfie's wish is that everyone finds joy again and like gets on, get walks through their grief in healthy ways. And that's a good one. So we call them Wolfie's wish grieving cards. And unfortunately, okay. a lot of people contact me and think I'm selling uh, yeah. cards you write and send to people. Yeah, but but they could they in, once you find a card to send to the person, you should include maybe this deck that would also provide some tangible steps that could help people in their grief. Like maybe yeah. with the card, send these. 
Yeah, exactly. So we actually won an award at SuperZoo last year for best new product in the gift category. So that was great to say, yeah. you know, we, we were like, okay, we'll keep going. And so we do recommend that. That is a, a fantastic gift to give someone because what, what do you give to somebody yeah. that's grieving the loss of their pet? I mean, flowers are nice, but they die in a week. And, yeah. you know, we're, it's like, okay, well, here, here's something else. I mean, candles are great too. Um, one of my friends has a candle memorial company. And so there's lots of things. The most important thing to support friends and family is just to say, how can I show up for you? How can I support yeah. you? What do you, what can I do for you? What does that look like? Instead of us trying to guess what they need or say something that maybe is actually hurtful. So let's just, let's kind of like walk down that path because certainly that was the number one recommendation from the licensed social workers and the grief counselors and the psychologists, psychiatrists that I interviewed for grief week. They all talked about how important it was despite the fact that when you're in grief and you don't feel like being around anyone, that it is really important that you have some emotional support during this process, even when you don't feel like it. And I agree with you. Sometimes books, you look at some of the grief books. I have, I don't want to say every grief book out there, but I am like you, I have like um, a grief counselor on speed dial and my grief library is bigger than most people's bathrooms. I, have read a lot on grief because it's an ongoing issue in my life. I'm a veterinarian that kills things professionally. There's stuff there. It's hard. Yeah. Hard. So I have a very large resource uh, in my that I have used through reading to help my soul move through my incredibly hard job. But if people don't have a library they can go to, and what I will tell you in reading those books is some of them were incredibly helpful and some of them were awful. And not only, and I believe almost stalled me in my process because oh, no. they were suggesting things that, you know, were not applicable or not helpful or also came in a direction that was like, oh my gosh, like we just aligning in terms of principles that were way off base. It's hard to know. It's hard to know what to align with when you're just trying to like tread water and make it through the day. So if you can get a referral on a book or a resource from a trusted friend that knows you and that has read the book, take right. it. But for people who maybe this is their first animal and they've never even thought about, oh my gosh, I didn't expect this going down now. And then they find themselves in the grips of grief. It's hard to know. You can Google books on animal grief. I've done that and it's overwhelming and not necessarily helpful. Can you walk us through, and just the fact that you say, you know, are what we need to say to people. So we're going to walk through two paths. Um, so okay. now that I understand that you're not a licensed therapist and neither am I, uh, I'm a vet with a ton of experience around euthanasia and helping beloved souls that are at the center of someone's universe transition. That's yeah. my kind of street cred, but that's all I have is a 25 years of intense street credentials. You've also created a resource out of, out of your own pain. So what we can do is walk as non-professionals and compare notes. Okay. But I really okay. do when I say non-professional walking as non-licensed grief counselors, comparing okay. notes, what do you, um, as, as the person, was it helpful to you to have your mom and people around you say, I don't know what you need right now, 
but can you identify something? Was that, was that, was that beneficial for you? Well, they didn't actually say that. I think, I think, I don't even think my husband and my mom really knew what to say. My mom is a serial cat owner and she's, they're all buried in her yard and she knows that pain, but really also, I think the natural thing to do is to just, you know, be with a person and relate and say, I understand. And then, then it's back on me again. So there was this, like, I didn't really know what to expect from, from support, but what I, and looking back in hindsight, that's what I like to share with people is to, you know, if my best friend's dog has to be euthanized today, what, what can I help you with? Do you want me to check in on you? Do you want me to leave you alone? Because everyone grieves differently. And so I think it's just a conversation, just open the conversation to, you know, do you want me to be with you right now? And um, so, so my mom would just be with me on the phone through the crying, through the questioning, all of that. And, you know, she could bear that cross and not everyone can. And so that's why I think grief groups or a pet loss counselor that understands that pain, but can also help you get through it is really important. Um, Because as a, as a society, we're told to, in America, we're told not to talk about grief. We're, we're not told that, but it's, people want you to feel okay. You know, our greeting exchange is, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And then you move on. And people are really uncomfortable when you're not okay. So finding people that you can be real and authentic with that understand your pain, I think is super important. And maybe those people are already around you and maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. So there's there's Facebook groups, there's free grief groups. Um, I list those on my website and also there's a new one called Pet Cloud, which I love. So finding that support and, and I, I like to think of it as backup is, is one of the first things. Do you agree? Is I that- totally agree. And if you're blessed enough to have a, a, a strong social circle or even one person that mm-hmm. gets you, mm-hmm. that's enough that you can lean and cry and be real with. But there are, for me, I'm blessed to have an incredible social circle of support. For me, my pain is in recognizing how many of my clients don't. They are alone. Their lifeline was their animal. And he or she just died. And they don't have anyone. Those are my clients that keep me up at night. So if you don't have a social circle... I think it can be really hard because you're not used to sharing how you feel or people around you. But my people know when something dies, I don't want to, I want to be alone. My people know that, but they know that if they want to drop off um, hot tea or if they want, like I'll eat food that someone else makes because I'm not, I typically quit eating. And then someone, you know, if people want to bring me food, I'll eat it. Like my people know what I do when I'm grieving. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. If people, if people don't have that, then 
they are very much alone and no one is making them food and no one is checking on them. And they probably, if they have a job, they have to show up to work and pretend like everything's fine or face the whole, you're this upset because your cat died comments and all that goes along with not having people to talk to. So I want to spend 30 seconds plugging how, however hard it is to contemplate calling a grief counselor or logging into zoom call, no matter how painful it is to think about reaching out my recommendation as a veterinarian is regardless of how uncomfortable it is if you are of a place if you're in grief and you are not you're not able to move you're paralyzed in grief i think we should really stop and talk about the benefits it feels weird to connect with strangers i think is people's issue is i don't want to yeah. go in a group yeah. with uh, i don't know anyone in there and i don't want to i mean i'm already in pain and then i got to hear about their pain i don't want that but that's not really how these groups work so maybe you could walk us through Talk to me a little bit about your experience sure. in grief with grief counseling, because I think once people hear it, they're like, okay, that's not so bad. Actually, that's really good. Actually, I need that. Yeah. So, I, and I do want to say one of the most, this Facebook group, I think it's just called the, the Rainbow Bridge Pet Loss Support Group on Facebook. It's just like, I think a couple hundred thousand people and you can go on there and just write what happened and you just get this flood of support. Uh, I understand. Yeah. I relate. We're all strangers and suddenly just everything goes down and you get 200 messages that say, you're going to be okay. I feel your pain. I'm with you. So I want to say that that's a great starting point for people that maybe aren't comfortable talking, but one of the projects that I have going is my YouTube channel. And I interview pet counselors so that people can go and see what they're like to talk to, what they specialize in, what their demeanor is, what their beliefs are, and kind of break down that barrier. So for me, I wanted I wanted one-on-one support. Yeah. And so I found that and it was scary because I'm just Googling. I didn't even know that a pet loss counselor had existed as a profession. I was just Googling, I think I've lost my mind and I need some help and my cat died, you know? Um, And so I kind of went down that rabbit hole because I was desperate. So I found a counselor. She was amazing. And she, you know, she told me the simplest thing, Dr. Becker. She would just, she would tell me to breathe Mm. a lot. And I'm thinking, but I am like, why she can tell me to breathe? And what would happen is I would get choked up on our sessions And then she would say, just breathe. And it was like, it allowed the grief to go somewhere. And um, so there was a great, a lot of simple things that, that I learned and instilled. And that's one of the cards now is just breathe. And on the back, it talks about why and why that's helpful. And it's so simple that it really does need to be out on your counter to be used. So you're reminded, right? Like they're just little cards. So um, so that was really helpful to me to, to start understanding my grief and also working through it. And I like to call them cry storms, those waves of grief that come and they just overwhelm you and they happen out of nowhere. You're at work, you're in your car, you're in line in the post office. I was on a flight back home to Germany and I go to the bathroom and I come back and wham, hello, grief storm. And, you know, this man next to me was like, are you okay? And I said, well, no, no, my cat, my cat just died. And he, he was so kind. He's like, mm. you know, I never had a pet 
but there's a girl at my church and she, she just lost her cat, you know, and she's really upset. And he was kind of, you know, curious and wanted to be helpful. And it was just so nice to have someone to talk to. So I really do think that being honest with what's going on is so important. Yeah. Because at least people understand why you left the door open or left the car on or left your wallet on the counter. Um, because our brains are trying to register what's going on and our bodies are processing it. So support is very, very important in some form. And I also love the neat thing about your cards because everyone needs different levels of support and what feels comfortable to them is, is completely unique and as individual as they are. So some people hearing words too much reading better. Cause it's not like audible is one, like really hitting us and we can't predict what words are coming. If you're reading something, you can put the book down and you don't have to keep reading. And that's, that's a buffer. So I like the Facebook group because you can read words and when it's too much, you don't have to continue. You know, if someone's right. in your living room that won't leave, that's trying to be helpful, it can be a lot. Whereas going to a Facebook support group, you can take it in the doses you need to be able exactly. to process exactly. as you can, and then you can log off. And so you're able to kind of set that pace when it comes to grief counsel. I'm anxious or I'm interested to hear your story. When you say that you just kind of Googled, I need help. My cat died. I uh, have been through many grief, personal grief counselors. And, but I like the fact that you're interviewing them. And what I have found, even when I did grief week last year, the depth and breadth of therapists are amazing, but that means that finding one that resonates with you can be a little bit of a task. So if you're looking, uh, I've had my clients say, I believe animals go to heaven and I just spent 200 bucks on a grief counselor for two months that told me that of course they don't. And it, oh no. they're totally damaged. So my thought was, well, we need to research your grief counselor to see what they're, where they align. So let's align you with a grief counselor that at least will be sensitive to your beliefs, but also preferably also believes that animals go to heaven because they're out there. So let's talk a little bit about your YouTube channel where you interview grief counselors, because I think part of any good therapist, whether it's marriage therapy or grief therapy or whatever, having a third party qualified individual can be incredibly beneficial to us, but you have to resonate with that person's energy. And that means you have to do a little bit of research. And it's okay to, if you have a session and it's, you don't feel any resonance, it's okay to move along, but it's also really awesome that you have a YouTube channel where you basically interview them. So you get a sense of who you might be partnering with. Uh, how have you interviewed lots of grief counselors and is it an ongoing thing? It's an ongoing thing. I think there's five up there right now um, because I, I like to make sure that I I'm interviewing somebody that I know and like and trust. And yes. so I'm still building out those relationships. Yes. So yes. of course mine are on there and I'm not going to say who it is, um, but I, I like to exactly what you said, just peel back that first layer because when I was seeking out a grief counselor, a lot of my anxiety was about, can I be vulnerable with this person? Are they going to shame me? What if this person tells me I really have lost my mind? Yeah. Okay. You know, I had to prepare myself and put on battle gear to find a therapist. <laughs> so I thought, wow, 
one of the things that I can do to like bridge this gap is right. They have a little introduction. They're like five minutes. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. So if somebody is seeking a grief counselor, see if they will give you an introductory session at no cost just to get to know each other and see if you can feel comfortable with each other, right? Because yeah. it's a two-way street. And then I would say to people, try three sessions. And if you feel like you can connect with this person and they're leading you down a path that is going to be healing and helpful for you, great. Might not be a good fit though. And you have to be willing to take that risk because there's no guarantee that this person is going to be a good fit for you. But I think if you have specific beliefs, that's a really great thing to throw out there in the introductory email or contact or phone call. Like, Hey, I believe this. Is that going to be a problem? You know, I'm this, I'm that, you know, I have mental health issues. And so that was part of the reason I was really worried I was losing my mind because I have experience not being okay. So um, I really needed someone to just literally diagnose me as, am I all right? Am I okay? And yes, I was having some PTSD-like symptoms, of course. I mean, that just makes sense. Um, but to find out that I wasn't losing my mind and that the way I was feeling was normal for losing yes. an animal I cared about was like the record scratched and I realized, oh, other people feel this way and there's not really resources and people aren't talking about this. Holy moly, what is wrong? Like there's gotta, I gotta do something. And that was the moment I said, mom, we're gonna make these cards. I don't know how, and I don't know what we're doing, but we're gonna fundraise. And within five days, people I don't even know, we're just throwing money at us. And I had so much support from my friends and family. I would not be where I am today and it's gotten as far as along as I am because people believed in me and they knew that this is needed. Something is needed. Is it the end? Is it the last resource? No, I hope not. I hope yeah. that this just starts, that this is an, a conversation that grows and grows and people hear this and maybe they're thinking about something they wanted to do and it's a springboard. So anyway. So I, I think that that's well, I I think that's wonderful, and I also think that the cards are for people that just the thought of picking up a phone or having to engage, having to speak to a stranger about such an intimately painful thing. It's like no way. The cards are a stepping stone to begin doing something. You have to when you're in grief. We all know we cognitively we have to do something. We just don't know what to do. So when right. we can't even think enough to create a game plan, the cards kind of give you a roadmap of things that you can do. And even exactly. if it's an autopilot initially, an autopilot is better than no pilot. Nothing. So auto, we, we like autopilot. Just keep it going. Just get up and do it every day um, because you will eventually feel a shift. It feels like you never will, but you will. And then you're able to potentially figure out what's best for you. What do I need? That's a question that we need to be asking ourselves when we're in grief. What do I need right now? Do I need water? Do I need to go to work? Do I like you need to wake up and tell yourself, how can I best care for myself right now? But sometimes we need reminders of how to do that. But I would like to go back for a split second to talk about mental health because the death of animals stirs can stir up stuff and it can stir up old stuff and it can actually stir up stuff that we didn't even know we had. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about um, if you, I don't know if you've interviewed experts that have discussed this, but you're, we're not going to get through life without grief and grief comes in all right. forms. 
But the death of an animal can stir up other painful things that have happened in our lives that it's almost like a domino trigger effect of of an avalanche of unaddressed grief that one thing leads to another, which leads to another thought, which leads to another memory. And the trauma just keeps compounding. What have you learned through your journey about how to address compound traumas? Yeah, you know, I've learned a lot about that. For me, with Wolfgang's sudden and tragic death, I don't feel that it brought up past trauma. Um, And I just feel lucky for that. But what I do relate to is the downward spiral of this happened, I'm not okay. And then it's just easy to think. And that's what I was worried about was sinking and staying down. And I know from experience that practicing gratitude, and I know it sounds simple and it's, it's talked about a lot, but just the act of a little gratitude has pulled me back from those depths before. And so I had that to, to draw upon. And I do think that practicing gratitude is a huge, helpful tool that anyone can do anywhere at any time. Um, but in my research, I have learned about compound grief and, you know, whether it's a past relationship or the death of a loved one, or, you know, this job you didn't get, or grief is hidden and it's complex and it's like a puzzle. And so you're right that the death of a pet can just open up Pandora's box and people aren't equipped to deal with these feelings because we aren't taught how we aren't, so we're not not home ec, you know, or, or there's no one-on-one life book. So having, having resources is really important. And do, I don't have all the answers and I don't have all the resources, but I have a starting point and I hope to keep growing that. But I think that, that for those people, they need to seek a counselor or support group that deals with that. So they can peel back those layers and get down to maybe the first grief I don't know the process because I haven't done it myself, but I assume it's something like that. And I actually have a friend who told me about it. And she asked me, are you having compound grief because of this and this? And I said, well, I don't, I don't think so, but that's really interesting. Tell me more. And she said, well, I did. And I found a great support group and we do art together online and it's led by a counselor. So there's so much out there um, that, that is available that we don't know about. So thank goodness for Google. Thank goodness for all the information we have accessible now when you, when you take the time to look, if you can focus enough to look. And how wonderful. I don't know. uh, uh, I wish that there was a umbrella. I wish that there was some website we could send you to viewers, readers, listeners that said, here are all the different just, just so you could see the depth and breadth of the tools that are available. And there, to my knowledge, there isn't that website available where you could go and say, mm, I'm not a talker. I'm not a hugger. I really don't, don't want it to touch me. I don't want to hear words right now. I need music. Mm. I need art. Mm. I need movement therapy. I want to do Qigong. I want to, I want to do a spin class with other people who are sobbing. Like that's all out there, wow. but it's not under one 
roof. Um, yeah. I wish, I mean, that's, that's a good goal. Do you like how I'm choosing goals for you? That, that would be a lovely resource. If we're, I, if we're able I like to. that a lot. And yeah, because I, everyone needs something different and it's not all in one place and having to dig when you're in pain is hard. Well, hopefully maybe someone listening to you will reach out to me and say, Hey, I want to be on your resource or I know somebody, yes. I mean, that's, yeah. I'm always building it, but there's no way I, I could be the the best number one. No. Um, well, that's, you're also that's... so young. You're so young. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So but I, have two I try. Questions. Two, before before we close, two questions. Um, number one, did you? If you think, wh- when did your when did your babe have trauma? When did when did Wolfgang die? What year? It was October 9th, twenty twenty one. Okay, so you've actually done an incredible amount of hard emotional work since then. That you've you've done a lot in a short period of time. So good on you for working on your grief while using your grief to help others. You, you've been able to, you're still grieving and you have, you're, you deal with it, but you're also able then to channel that into what you're doing now. So my two questions are for people that want to know how to get to your YouTube channel or the Mm -hmm. website for the cards. Let's, let's, let's give those resources. If you could tell me now, like maybe social media website or however people could best get a hold of you or watch the videos on YouTube, let us know uh, how to get in touch with you. Well, everything is at wolfieswish.com. So I have a resources page there and that's where all of the, I have a Facebook support group. And then I list other ones. So there's just a nice chunky resource page there. And I also have a blog there. So wolfieswish.com is the first place to go. There's also a page there. that's our shop. And you can see the different card decks that, uh, that my mom and I wrote and printed. I also have a children's book um, about pet loss. Um, I just never get to talk about all these other things. And then just real quick, you mentioned music. And music was a huge tool being a musician was a huge tool for me to work through my grief. And so I've also created a playlist of healing harp music. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently working on getting certified as a clinical musician to help people and animals. It's a, I, it hasn't been finished yet. It's just like a, a thing I'm finishing this year, but um, you know, music is really important. And that's something that I know and that I can, I can do yes. something about too. Um, so there's, there's all those resources there. And then, on Instagram, which I'm active on daily, I run it. Um, it's Wolfie's underscore wish. And my name is Erica Messer. So hopefully with those combinations, you can find me. Um, but the, the logo here over my shoulder is our, is our icon on Instagram. And we have actually already have a German account and a French account as well. So nice. I'm going fast, <laughs> working hard. That's good. And yeah. I bet that you did not ever think if I, if I would have met you in 2019 and said to you, Hey, Erica, where, what are you thinking to be doing in 2023? It would not be this. And yet no, here you are. No, I was supposed to be like this German pop star by now. <laughs> that, that might still happen, but no, I did not see this coming. And you know what? It's okay. I do tell people all the time, if I could trade 
all of this back for Wolfgang. Of course I would. And I think we all feel that way. But I use that pain as a motivator. And I use that sorrow as fuel. And I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I found a way to channel that. Yes. Not everyone does. Yeah. And I am also thankful that you you did not spiral downwards and let grief roll into chronic depression and just, because it does for so many people. It's the tipping point that pushes people off the getting by cliff. They were never on the happiness cliff, but they were getting by and then something beloved dies. And it's the beginning of them no longer experiencing any joy. And I think what's most important for me to relay is that there are resources and tools that allow, if you feel that way, there are people and tools that can help you, but you, you have to be able to help yourself this much. Very, very rarely, if ever, will people come to your door and say, listen, here are all the things you need to choose. What's going to best resonate with your soul right now. Here are all your options. I want to help you. That rarely, if ever happens, we are going to have to take the first step in finding tools and grief management strategies that resonate with our own soul and we know us best. So one thing I would encourage every listener or reader that's hurting right now is that you know you best and you know when you see it or hear it or feel it or look at it or participate, you're going to know, yes, this resonates with me and this is going to, this is going in an okay direction, at least initially, or I feel a little bit this much relief initially versus I'm going to sit here with all of these horrible feelings and do nothing about it. That is the piece that I want no one to have to struggle with alone. So I think recognizing that we have to take the first initiative and helping ourselves is a really important thing. Erica, is there something, is there a question I should have asked you, but I didn't? And if not, okay, that's good. And so if there was one thing you'd want the whole world to know, if there was one tidbit or fact or idea or where, if there's one thing you could share with the world that would just, that you would want everyone to know pertaining to pet loss and grief, what would it be? That's a tough you question. You can do it. No, it's not as easy. You can do it. You can get through it. If I'm sitting here smiling today as a bipolar person that is treated for that and other things, um, you can do it too. But I have to say it takes work. There isn't an easy fix. I had to be willing to face my grief and I was willing to get through it. I wanted to be happy again. I wanted to have this again. Right. Yeah. And that can take a long time and that's hard work and there's, but you can do it. You can do it. And there's support and I'm here for you. I'm rooting for you. And thankfully there are more and more people, professionals, groups, platforms that are here for all of us that are, that have heartbreak and deal with heartbreak on a regular basis. There is a growing body of support for all of us that are hurting. We have to be able to take the initiative to tap in. So I appreciate you, Erica, for, uh, for stepping up and for doing what your heart and, uh, has, has led you to do in terms of helping others that have experienced this profound, unfathomable pain. It's really wonderful that you are helping others come out of it. Um, And so thank you very much for all that you're doing. Thank you for all you're doing.